What's a TLDR? Too long didn't read. Too long didn't read. <laughs> TLDR. TLDR. I'm like, no. My TLDR. husband did that to me. Yeah. If I go on a rant, he'll give me a TLDR, and I'm like, fucking infuriated. So TLDR stands for too long didn't read, and you just type those abbreviations. That's it, TLDR. Like when someone hits you with super long rage text or paragraph, you just hit it with a TLDR, which means, <laughs> fuck you, I'm not reading that. Simplify that shit. Summarize, yeah. bitch. Summarize. Hit me, hit me with the key points. The you know notes. you can fucking make that shit shorter. I mean, the, it was just this, this, um, this girl that posted a thing that said the cases of COVID rising has nothing to do with the protests and blah, blah, blah. It was like some article... And I'm like, this just makes me so annoyed because how can you possibly fucking say that? How can you without unequivocally be like, oh, it has nothing to do with the protest. Like, what fucking science is that based off of? How can you yeah. say that? It's why impossible. Would it, why would it not have anything she to do with it? definitely had a control group set aside. and, and uh, Yeah. I'm like, what are you? Like, was this like, a fucking blinded experiment? Like, what are you saying? What am <laughs> very I, what blinded am I, by her. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is the most biased fucking agenda pushing article I've ever seen in my life. How could it possibly not have to do with? And I'm not saying her. that it does, but I'm also not saying it's a thousand that it's impossible that it can't. Proximity, bro. It's a thousand people in clo- close prosecution proximity there's there's no possible way that this isn't contributing to the rise i i and then and then one of my former co-workers uh texted me and was like yeah the ceo just got on the television and said that the increased cases i guess that somehow got someone got a hold of that there was an outbreak within the hospital with the staff being covid positive and they were like oh yeah that's not that's not from us that's from community spread i'm like you sure it's not because your nurses are reusing masks for eight weeks oh no it's from the community like how could you possibly say where they got it and where they did not get it especially when the cdc CDC just came out with the thing saying oh hey the whole reusing sanitizing masks uh we're just kidding about that like, that's Just kidding, a, you can't do that. Yeah, you can't do that. You're anymore. at work with for 12 hours next to positive COVID patients. You go home for like the other, you sleep for like eight. Yeah, you got it at home or outside the hospital. Yeah, it's very likely. It's very likely you got that yeah. community what? spread. Like, it's definitely not the hospital which is infested with this virus yeah. that you're it's exposed to. For sure, to. not your COVID positive patients. Yeah, definitely not that. Just, Could have nothing to do with that. Don't say that. We don't like just that. Just annoying. He should just be like, yeah, they, they get at the hospital because we don't have the right equipment because the government didn't prepare for this or no, hasn't been prepared. That's a PR nightmare. Then, the hospital and, wants no responsibility. Right, and then me as the CEO isn't spending money on having you know equipment on the shelves for the next year. You know what I mean? Because that's wasting money. So I'm over Corona. We had an increase. We doubled our in-house positive cases within six days. So I'm just waiting for it to pop off, and I work tomorrow. So we'll see. Um, yeah, so the little hospital I'm up here, um, the whole through the whole like first wave of the corona, they've had like maybe a one positive patient, and it came from like somebody passing through. And then now we have two in the hospital confirmed with their husbands positive com- confirmed also. But you know they're self quarantined. But I'm like those most likely aren't going to be self quarantined now that the whole town's open and like you can go get you know stuff done and you can go out all right guys welcome to another episode of the bro nurse podcast my name's scott i'm your host scotty p representing the southeast representing the middle middle east where are you bro washington dc the middle east right am i in the middle east i'm in the middle east East coast I'm in the Middle East of the United States. It's the Middle East. I think everybody East refers, refers to uh, Washington. Scott's Middle Eastern now. I mean, I'm, I'm Middle Eastern. Scott's Middle Eastern now. You got the Pacific Northwest. You got the West Coast. You got the South, the North. And then so you got somebody District didn't Columbia. do well in geography. So what do you call what do you call Washington, D.C., Maryland, Virginia? The East. Tri-State or something like that? No? Call the DMV. East dude. Coast. East Coast, yeah. East Coast. The DMV, baby. The Bible Belt. No, that's Bible, Bible Belt. That's what it's it like is. like Oklahoma and Bible shit. Belt. Yeah. It's like anyway, Alabama. I'm joined here today by Ashley Candelora. Whoop. And Francisco Rivera hyphen Lubriel. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> he has the longest name on the podcast. You forgot to mention my middle name also. Francisco Javier Rivera oh, hyphen Lubriel. 
His mom was like, um, can I get another piece of paper on this birth certificate so I can add <laughs> more letters to this motherfucker's name? She's like, I raised this boy. I get my name on his certificates and mm-hmm. diplomas and everything else. And all the guy, How long is your license? Like your driver's license? They had to like add another line for your, the rest of your name? It's definitely horizontal now. So it can just mm. fit the whole name. But I, okay. That, that probably helped yeah. a lot. All right. Yeah. Yo, on, a, on a more serious note. This podcast is about to take a turn to the seriousness. To the serial. To the serial. So did you guys see the video? I know you did because I sent it to you. you <laughs> the video of the, it looked like maybe like a pediatric ICU or a peds floor or something. There was a woman recording on Facebook Live as her child's being resuscitated by nurses. Did you see that video? Yeah, unfortunately I did. What did you guys think about it? So let's paint a picture. Let's paint a picture first. Oh, shit. So in the video, basically the woman is holding the phone and she's claiming that she was telling the nurses that her child was dead for hours. Or dying, like not doing well. Yeah, his heart. Zero heartbeat. Zero heartbeat. Yeah, like heart. No heartbeat. No heart rhythm at all. For hours. No one was doing anything about it. And then now, like several hours later, the video clips in with this woman holding a like a camera watching like nurses doing CPR you know running a, a code on on this child or in the ICU and she she makes it about race she said that she thinks that she's getting less quality healthcare she thinks that if she wasn't an african american person then they would have paid attention and what do you guys think this is a tough this is a tough one to talk about <sighs> You can start, Brittany. Oh, first thing is like I don't know what was the outcome of that child, but I definitely wish uh, he turned around and came to and wish him the best. You know, hopefully he's healthy now. But as to the short clip of the video, uh, from what I took from it was seeing a lot of nurses come together, run a code, run it what seemed to be very thoroughly. Meanwhile, having somebody in the background her, basically harassing them and yelling at them. Hysterical, right? Not, right, not doing their job. And not one of them took focus off the child to save the child's life to address what was going on in the background. So I commend all those nurses for that because last thing you want to be doing when you're at work is having somebody right there recording you and yelling at you, you know, accusing you of – Something terrible, which is being racist, you know, and that's what I took from it. Um, granted, I know the the mom, that's her child. She's in a state of stress, you know, shock of what's going on to her baby. I mean, I can't get mad at her. Hopefully. Yeah, that would make anybody hysterical. Hopefully after the event, everybody got together and they talked to the mom and and the mom maybe realized like, because we, we, we don't know the before of, how, you know, what she was accusing them of. She was saying, oh. The heartbeat was zero, and that's why, you know, then they came. She was saying, all, you know, throwing all this stuff. We weren't there, I. but for me, every hospital I worked at, every healthcare professional I came across, not one of them has ever treated somebody else differently or given favors to anybody, you know? Yeah. So I, I yeah, of course I'm going to stick with the nurses and, and, and kind of be like, no, there's no way in the hospitals people do that, like, we clock in and there is no race. There's no color. It's just we try to just take care of the patient. It's just healthcare, bro. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I, does she? She does, right? The, are you watching the video right now, Ashley? No, I'm not watching the video. I'm reading more of like what she actually said, like in a post. Like she posted the video mm-hmm. and then she also actually it's kind of looking like I think she took the video off. I don't see the video anymore. But what I yeah, I think she did. But what I do see is like a post and it says um, basically that she wants to expose this organization for being a racist organization. And that, you know, for background, her son has hydrocephalus and is very sick and is not just like a normal healthy child to begin with. But he was trached. Yeah. I mean, he's Ventilated. a sick child to begin with. And so they're in and out of the hospital all the time, it seems. And she's like, I'm speaking out after years of abusive and racist racist treatment here. My son's been neglected. I have evidence. I tried to be kind and and patient. And now, you know, she's just 
she's speaking out and honestly i mean if that is happening that's terrible and that should never happen anywhere especially in healthcare because that's not why the vast majority of us go into healthcare is not to mistreat patients it's to take care of them the original video that she posted just pissed me off because all it did was basically show the end result and none of which how you got there or you know what happened leading up to that it was just like a okay well this is what happened and they mistreated my son and so he died it's like is that what happened? Like, we don't know. We weren't there. We have no idea what happened. So you just using this opportunity to get in the limelight and use this as an opportunity to make it about race just upset me because I'm those people were trying their hardest to save your son's life. And all you cared about was making it about you and making it about race and taking that moment to put it on Facebook and put it out there. It's like, is it safe to say is it safe to say that everything isn't racial? Everything involving a black person and a white person doesn't have to be racial. Right. Is, it, is it fair to say that? Like Maybe your child was just sick and so. wasn't doing well and it had nothing to do with racist system, healthcare system, or neglect on your caregiver's parts. I mean, her child is sick. Like It's in the hospital for a reason. If he died or wasn't doing well or lost pulses, like, could it possibly be that just he was sick? That's the unfortunate reality. I mean, does it, it have to be because they were mistreated because of the color of their skin? I mean, I don't know. Right. And now I've seen Scrubs Mag, for instance, they posted an article about racial disparities in healthcare. And I got really upset. It was one of those moments where, like, I really wanted to post. I really wanted to comment. But, you know, I was like, I'd rather just keep these thoughts to myself. But I wanted to say they 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 cited this this article that they had, and it was like in the article it said that medical trainees that's what that's the term they use medical trainees study shows medical trainees are prone to believe or look sixty percent of medical trainees believe that African Americans have thicker skin and less sensitive nerve endings. Oh. And what? so I clicked it. I clicked it. Because <laughs> I'm like, who the fuck is who the who are these who are these people? people? Believe this, yeah, yeah. Like the first thing you learn in school, if you take anatomy and physiology, it's like the fucking anatomy is the same. So yeah, like yeah. that's the like all right. So I'm like okay, intrigued. I'll click. You know. So <laughs> like in. I fucking click it, and of course, there's no citation to any article. There's no peer-reviewed research art like i mean and, and this is scrubs mag dude this is like a yeah. legitimate source i think i mean i mean maybe it is just a magazine about scrubs and maybe they're just trying to jump on the bandwagon so they get more clickbait just like everybody else but it's i, I was just like i wanted to post dude i was uh, so fucking close to posting my guts out on this fucking thing like how dare you how dare you try to d drive a racial divide into healthcare? you know like i feel like healthcare should be off limits I have never, I have been a nurse for six years. You've been a nurse for years. Franny's been a nurse for years. We work all over the country. We travel all over the country. We see people from all walks of life. Never have I, if someone has a personal problem with a patient, if people have biases, don't get me wrong. Like there are racist people. Sometimes there are racist nurses. They're not immune to racism. Do they act on that? Do they treat someone with prejudice no i've never personally witnessed that now that may be like anecdotal but that has to speak to something and like to imply that there's this like racial disparity going on and how you get treated is like if you're gonna make a claim like that don't fucking poke post some vague article about it i want to see some fucking research bitch like you better fucking put your money where your mouth is if you're going to make a claim about my industry you guys are already fucking going balls to the wall on the fucking police officers in this country you know trying to fucking throw them to the dogs you're not going to do that shit with nurses bro like if you're gonna if you're gonna say some shit you better fucking you better show me some evidence bitch you know what i'm saying the receipts yeah fucking show me the receipts man and of course there was no receipts in this article well i to be fair like for what that lady was talking about, about how like the healthcare system as a whole basically is a racist system. And I don't know if she's just talking about the hospital she's been getting care at for her son or just like in general in America. But I mean, I know I have seen research on, you know, health disparities as far as, you know, like black women in labor, maternity, um, increased uh, 
mortality in black women during labor than any other race well i think they think that it has a lot to do with people not taking them well that's the thing is that there's a lot that goes into it i feel like and also i mean right also like prenatal care or pre-existing conditions or right access to health care or you know whatever like i don't know there's so much that goes into it but i think what their their thought process on that is that for example for pain i've read articles that say that uh, we don't take african-americans pain as seriously as we do other races like we're less likely to believe their pain when they say it like for example like for sicklers and stuff when they come in like they're more likely to have their pain ignored than say anybody else but oh, this is just a, what's out there well that's that's a that's a great point but that right. I, I honestly feel like that you, I, you can't loop sickle cell patients in with the general population no. they have I mean, many like sickle cell patients is a terrible disease, and it, and I really empathize with everyone that has it. Like it's it's shitty to have to live through that kind of pain all the time and be in crisis. But someone that lives with chronic pain is going to get treated differently than someone that has their leg cut off and they're experiencing an, an acute crisis. And that has nothing to do with race. It just so happens that mostly African Americans are the ones that can that can develop the trait for sickle cell anemia. I, I feel like that's secondary. I don't feel like that, that those, that number should be calculated in because like, I, I mean, I'm guilty of that and and it has nothing to do with anyone's race. It has to do like if a 50 year old white lady comes in and I can tell that she's freaking addicted to narcs and she's drug seeking, you know, and she's on chronic pain meds and she takes opiates at home and she's constipated all the time, you know, in the ER. And it's like, yeah, I'm. If she's like, oh, I'm in pain, and she's sitting there eating her ham sandwich, you know, I'm I'm not going to treat her the same way. I, Positive Dorito sign. Exactly. Like I'm not going to treat her the same way that I would treat someone that came in with a fucking gunshot wound to the wrist. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, yeah, I think it has to do a little bit with like fatigue and burnout on our side too. Like, so tired of seeing like bullshit sometimes that it 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 ruins it for everybody else. Like, maybe they are pain seeking, maybe they're not. I don't know, but, you know, there's enough people that have come in and, you know, like swooned you over. Like, I remember so vividly, like as a new grad nurse, this one patient that came in who was apparently regular, but I didn't, uh, we call them familiar faces. Um, but I didn't know because I was new and um, I went to the doctor and I was like, oh my God, you know, this patient's in so much pain and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, they need X, Y, Z and blah, blah. It was like the whole thing for any so he's giving it away, like, like literally- oh. I got freaking swooned. They were like, I'll just use the- to, uh, the yeah, they're allergic to everything but the law. Allergic to Tylenol. Right. And, and I was like, all. I was feeling so bad. I was like, oh my God, this poor thing, you know, blah, blah, blah. And um, I went to the doctor and they were like, we'll use the name Barb. But like, is that Barb you're talking about? And I'm like, yeah, Barb. Yeah. She's in a real, she's in a, a bad way right now. They're like, Barb was just here three days ago, and then before that, she was here two days before that, and then she was here three days before that. You know what I mean? Like, one of those people that just abuses the healthcare system to get what they want, and I was like, oh, they were like, they were like, she got you, and I was like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I was so upset. I was like, how fucking could she? It's important. I think it's important for us to explain to people that are, do not work in healthcare or people that just have never stepped foot inside of an emergency room. It's exhausting. Like, I think it's important for us to explain that we start we start out the same way everyone else does because I've had that same experience that you had, yeah. Ashley. We start out the same way, man. It's like, oh my God, this person is in agony. Holy shit, someone help this person. And then you like look at their chart and you talk to the uh, to the doctors and the nurses around you and they're like, yeah, she'll literally, if you won't give her what she wants, she'll literally scream at the top of her lungs that she is dying and crawl around on the floor. And as soon as you give her medicine, she literally fucking walks out of the ER. Or- yeah. If you say no and she knows she's not going to get the medicine, she calls you an asshole, packs her shit up, and fucking strolls out, you know, like nothing's wrong. And with, with her. the duffel bag she brought in prepared exactly. for admission and, and it, it, just, it really makes you it really makes you understand that there's just fucked up there's just drug addicts out there, man. And 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 it, and it's partially the healthcare industry's fault for the you know, the opioid endemic pandemic epidemic. Opioid. The pandemic throwing everybody off. It's a yeah, fucking pandemic. Yeah, pandemic, <laughs> pandemic. Opioid <laughs> epidemic being the way that it is in this country, you know, but still, I mean, 
the it's just you run into it so often, man, and it jades you. It really does. My favorite is the uh, the alarm on the phone. They set it to every four hours because they know their payments. They can only get it every four hours. So they set it to set that little alarm. They'll be sleeping in the middle of the night, perfectly comfortable. I'll go in right before the alarm. They're sleeping, but everything's looking good. Alarm goes off. Call light goes off. I'm in pain. It's oh, like yeah. you were just sleeping. Like what Scott said, it's just the opiate uh, epidemic that just, unfortunately for these people, they they, they got hooked. They'll hook you good, man. That shit feels too good. It feels too good. Them drugs are too good, bro. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think it's important for people to understand too because I feel like people that don't work in a hospital also just don't understand. Like they'll say things to me like, nobody wants to be in an ER if they don't have to be. And I'm like, that is actually not true because there's a lot of people that are there because they want to be. And it's not, I literally had a CNO like come up to me and was like, you know, we have to understand, you know, these people just aren't at their best. And, you know, they're not here because they want to be here. And I'm like, "Mm, have you ever worked in an emergency room? Because I would beg to differ because Look, look, trust me, I'm all for, that's why I'm an ER nurse. Like, I'm all for the emergency. I'm all for the crash and burn, save this person, do what you have to do. Like, we are between them and death's doorstep. All about that. Like, the better the better for me. That's great. I, I love to be in a crisis, no problem. Mm-hmm. But don't come up to me in triage with Dorito fingers and I got to ask you to get off your cell phone and tell me that you're in a 10 out of 10 out of pain and that you're having a crisis and throw yourself on the floor. And then everyone in, and then everyone in the waiting room looks like you like, you're like this, like heartless bitch that you don't care about this person. I'm like, do you, does anyone think this behavior is normal? I'm sorry. This is unacceptable. You don't behave this way. The thing is is not real. People need to understand when we say this stuff, this isn't real. The, The truth is that people fake it, bro. Like some people really, 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 really want fucking opiates, like really bad, you know, and they fake it and they'll lie to your face. They'll manipulate you. They'll tell you their life story just so they can get their fucking drugs, man, because they'll do anything for that shit. Have you ever seen a heroin addict? Have you ever seen the transformation of a heroin addict? People go from healthy looking motherfuckers to just the grungiest grossest fucking sitting under a bridge sucking dick for money fucking type of motherfucker <laughs> seriously dude. like dude it, it changes you man it turns you into a someone else bro where's this like, bridge at <laughs> Frank goes where's this bridge <laughs> <laughs> where's this bridge I want to know dude, my favorite saying is desperate people do desperate things like they, okay. they will do anything they will tell you anything to get what they want and look i honestly as annoying as it is to deal with somebody that is clearly drug seeking and has nothing going on with them they're getting their like 37th cat scan of their abdomen in like a month and a half and you're just like it's it's obvious but like honestly i understand like i know people who've lost people from drug addiction and it's a real thing and I empathize with that 100% like I've been that person that sits there and tells this person like look you're gonna die you need to cut this shit out and you need to do whatever you need to do to get better like you're too young for this this is ridiculous this is crazy and I think it's important to understand like these people can't get out of their own way sometimes and that's really unfortunate and that's somebody's mother brother son daughter sister whoever and it can happen to anybody sometimes you don't empathize with people like that until it's somebody that you know that deals with addiction or anything else and, you know, I have addiction in my family and I've seen it and I can see it It truly changes somebody into somebody that they are not. And so I do empathize with people like that as I understand, like, they were somebody's daughter or son or whoever. And they started out as a sweet, innocent little whoever they were in pre-K four and grew up. And sometimes, like, shit just happens. Like, you get in with the wrong people that get you into the wrong thing or, God forbid, you get into a car accident and you get your fucking leg blown off and now you're hooked on narcs and like honestly that's how it starts most of the time right like these people weren't out there just like shooting heroin willy-nilly like sometimes i i don't know the data on it but i know that a lot of the times it starts with an acute injury or something like that where they get hooked on these pain meds and then it's not enough anymore and then they got to go do whatever they got to do you know so yeah it's a progressive disease very unfortunate. Uh, one of my uh, one of my best friends is is an ex heroin addict. Weirdly enough, I met him through jujitsu. 
before he got into all these things that make you a healthy person, you know, he was in real hard, like with the wrong people from when he was like a teenager. And he talks about it all the time, man. And he says, it's like, it's little exceptions. You make little exceptions over time. It's a progressive disease. You know, it's not like anybody wakes up and starts putting needles in their veins. You know what I mean? It's little choices that you make, you know? Yeah. It's fucked up, man. It's fucked up. But to circle this back to the original, you know, point, the including sicklers, sickle cell anemia patients that are in the emergency room with acute crisis asking for pain medicine. Yeah. Like if someone experiences chronic pain regularly and they live with that, then you're the the urge to treat your pain isn't going to be as rapid as it is you know it, it's just the it's reality triage at the end of the day that's what it comes down to like if i have somebody that needs to get intubated and is doing bad and can't breathe that's going to have to wait unfortunately is it is that right not necessarily but, but is it included? wrong should that, that be included you, into the data though like should right. that be included into the data like situational yeah, I don't you see know. it. I don't see it, bro. I, and I don't, I don't, I wish I knew about, more. It's not about race. It's not about that. It's about necessity of like who needs you most right now. Yeah. Severity I mean, index, dude. Right. Like, like that, that's not what it comes down to. And I think people want to make it about race because it is primarily African Americans that are dealing with sickle cell. And that's just, that just happens to be a fact of life. That is what it is. It has nothing to do with. We're treating you differently because you're African American. It just right. has nothing, it has to, do nothing to do with it. It has to do with that you ha- you have chronic pain. Yeah. And when you have chronic pain and you come into the emergency room, you're not going to get an ESI one, bro. You yeah. know, like ESI is like the severity index that we use. One being the worst. One being like your arm is bleeding out. You're dying. You got shot in the face. You know, like five being like you have ingrown. You're here for a pregnancy test because you took seven at home that were already positive and you just wanted to be sure. Right. So one is the most severe. Five is the least severe. Yeah, it's just the chronic pain patients are going to get treated a little bit differently because they have chronic pain. They live with it. They deal with it. But Yeah, and there is supporting data. There is real data out there about the mortality of uh, black women in labor and delivery. It's interesting. You should, you should read it. But the thing is, is I just feel like there's so much more that goes into it than just race because race does have a lot to do with, of course, too, medical conditions like like um comorbidities yeah comorbidities exactly that go along with the 40 year old black woman or something like that like more likely to have xyz than uh you know somebody than their counterpart who is white or asian or whoever like this is this is just medicine this has nothing to do with i was gonna say like is it i feel like that's just irresponsible science all right so you have one demographic that is identifying this group of people now maybe socioeconomics a status maybe access to healthcare, access to prenatal care, you know, all, all of these other factors would be more like would be more of a definitive conclusion, but they select the factor of being African American as being like the yeah the one well, differentiating thing between all of them. Yeah, well what they're saying as far as in the maternity world is what they're saying is that black women are just not um, taken as seriously like they are not listened to as much as their counterparts like whites or asians or hispanics or whatever Why? that that culturally we take them less seriously like uh that they're more dramatic or they're more blah 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 so like if they're being dramatic about their pain or they're you know something's wrong or blah 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 blah, blah like you're just not listening to them because you're like oh like you're just being dramatic because that's what they're saying is that they're being lumped in to like that cultural stereotype of like, oh, they're just being dramatic or, oh, they're just, you're over-exaggerating or this blah, is blah, real, blah. This is rather a real research them, article? Yes, rather than... Send it to me. Tons of them. Tons of them out there. Um, I want to see At this. my university in college, they did a lot of um, a lot of research regarding maternal mortality and outcomes when it comes to African-American women and how, and how they're like 257% more likely to die than... A white woman uh, in labor. An, an American woman is more likely to die than a white person, a white woman in labor. Mm-hmm. Why? But this is this is part of the thing is that I feel like there's a lot more that goes into it. However, there is there is focus on how how they're treated and how we perceive their pain, how seriously we take their complaints. Like for example, if um, they're laying in the bed and they're like, "Oh my god," you know, just 
I don't feel good or they're they're just they're they're complaining or they're this or they're that like we're less like this is this is what the research is saying is that we're less likely to take their concerns seriously and that they're more likely to suffer a sequela from us not listening like for example like oh, I'm having pain or I'm whatever or something's not right and you're not listening you're not you're not paying attention to them and next thing you know they're like bleeding out and you're doing a mass transfusion that could have been avoided if you had just listened to what they were saying taken them seriously and taken actions to correct that. But how so could I you not, this, this is my thing. Like if someone just gave birth and now ma like maternity, like labor and delivery is like the, I know the least about this out of everything. But like, if someone is like, just popped a baby out, like any person, they're going to be monitored. I mean, obviously your hemodynamics have to be like super suspect at that point, you know? So like, you're going to be on a heart rate monitor. You're going to be on, on a pulse ox. You're going to be on a blood pressure. You know, so like, how, how could you miss the objective signs that someone is like having like placenta abruptia or, or something like that? You know what I mean? Or like, I think America actually has the highest mortality rate of African Americans in labor than any other country in the world. Why? I'm, fairly, I'm fairly certain. But I'd like but to that, know that, that's why. More, that to me is more profound than the other scientific fact because if you compare us to other countries, then it's like, well, how come we're higher than other countries and we're more developed than other countries? Like that to me is like, okay, something is going on here. Now, when you're talking about just comparing the statistics between and within our own country, then it's like, well, we can start getting into the whole argument of like, well, was this control group? Do they get, you know, the same amount of patients with the same amount of history background going into the labor and delivery or, you know what I mean? Because yeah, if you have one patient that's going in there with hypertension and, diabetes and all these other stuff and then you're comparing it to somebody else has no medical history i'm pretty sure the one with comorbidities has will have a higher risk and then right, you can't, that's, that's, that's orange and apples you know but yeah and then my the other that we thing have higher than other countries there I, have, I don't know what we can say to that argument you know what i'm saying like i don't know yeah that just seems like that. that just seems like like i said like that just seems like irresponsible science if you're gonna go ahead and do that but if these if this is true like i'd like these articles because if this is true and these are like Very legitimate, sad. like peer-reviewed studies that are showing this disparity, then we need to figure this fucking shit out, dude, because that's not cool. Right. And then my only, my other thing too, is I've wondered like, is it because of how they're treated because they're black or is it because there's something genetically that is predisposing them to have these kinds of outcomes in pregnancy? Like, I don't know. But there's a there's a lot of research out there on the morbidity and mortality of African American women and like healthcare disparities disparities when it comes to pregnancy related death. It's 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 something that I've seen a million times. One that I know of uh, was obviously that social economical factor of prenatals, taking your prenatals, uh, you know, before giving birth and all that. Well, obviously, if you're poor, you can't, you know, that you can't, you don't have access to them, you can't pay for them. Thankfully, there are some government. Uh, options i believe you can get them i don't know if it's free or uh, definitely cheaper but obviously that social economics does definitely does play a role but then that would play a role across all race you know what i mean mm -hmm. um i mean like what scott was saying if this is we definitely do got to figure this out because that's not that's not cool at all it's not cool dude if this is real it's not cool if this is bunk science, if it's like bad, you know, if they're, if they're like P value is shitty and they just selectively picked their, their study participants and they, their controls all fucked on the study and it's been peer reviewed and debunked, then I don't give a fuck about the study. But yeah, if they're pushing like, a different agenda for sure. Yeah. But if it's a legitimate study and, and this is real research and there's actual disparity in healthcare, then that shit needs to be figured out and right the fuck now. And, and, you know, that's just fucked up. And I, I honestly thought that healthcare was better than that. Yeah. And, and other contributing factors like you not getting prenatal care. And if you're, if the, the, the baby is breached and you just never knew because you never got a sonogram, you know, or if there's some horrifying mutation or something going wrong with the child. And again, you never got a sonogram because you never followed up. And, th and that has a lot to do with socioeconomic status. And it's not fair mm -hmm. to say that just black people are lower socioeconomic status than than others. It's not fair to make that assumption, but you know, I feel like again that would we should change the narrative then and say people below the poverty line are having X, Y, and Z when it comes to labor, not black women are having X, Y, and Z when it comes to labor. You know what I mean? 
So I'm actually looking at something from the CDC right now. So the title is Racial and Ethnic Disparities Continue in Pregnancy-Related Death. So it says Black, American Indian, Alaska Native women are most affected. And this is from the CDC. So this is not some sort of like junk science. Black, American, Native American, and Alaskan? So Black, American Indian, and Alaska Native women are two to three more times likely to die from pregnancy-related causes than white women and that these disparities increase with age. So it says here- I feel like um, that's a lot of different people looped into one. So pregnancy-related deaths per 100,000 live births for Black and, Afri- and um, um, American Indian and Alaska Native women older than 30 was four to five times likely as it was for white women. So they- Wait, white women uh, older than 30? We're comparing the same. I'm, I'm hoping we're comparing the same, like apples yes. to apples. So we're saying black, American Indian, and Alaska Native women over, over 30, 30 are 30, are four to five times likely to die than white women in pregnancy. Okay. So we're comparing those groups, black, American Indian, and, and Alaska Native women to white women. So that group, the Black, American Indian, and, and Alaska Native women are four to five times more likely to die than white women. So this is saying that these findings suggest that there's a disparity observed in pregnancy-related death for this group, the Black, American Indian, and Alaska Native women, it's that it's a complex national problem. Um, it says that they're devastating for families and communities, and we must work to eliminate them. Um, there is an urgent need to identify and evaluate these complex factors contributing to these disparities to design interventions that will reduce preventable pregnancy-related deaths. So it's saying here that that Black, non-Hispanic, American Indian, Alaskan Native women experience higher mortality rates than all other racial ethnic populations. And it says here, cardiomyopathy, thrombotic pulmonary embolism, and hypertensive disorders of pregnancy contributed more to pregnancy-related deaths among Black women than among white women that hemorrhage and hypertensive disorders of pregnancy contributed more to pregnancy-related deaths among American Indian and Alaskan Native women than white women. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what can hospitals and healthcare systems do? So they can implement standardized... The narrative just hospital. changed. So this whole time I was... The, it's Maybe it's just the, the political climate right now, but this whole yeah. time I was thinking that these people were being treated differently by their healthcare professionals, but it doesn't, based on what you just read, it sounds like they have just, are like black and native American, Hispanic women are are just genetically more predisposed to having hypertension, diabetes, heart disease. That's uh, objective fact though. There's no, there's no racial bias there. I mean, there's this, there is a racial bias. I mean, but I mean, it's not on anyone. It's not any individual treating them differently. It's just the fact that, that they are genetically more predispositioned to develop those disorders. Right. This says also identify and address implicit bias in healthcare that would likely improve patient-provider interactions, health communication, and health outcomes. Basically, they're saying that it's multifactorial, but that that communication between the patient and the providers or the patient and the nurse or whoever's taking care of them, that if that communication was better and that we eliminated bias in the healthcare system, that that could also help contribute to, you know, improving these mortality rates, that it's not just about their genetics, but it's also about, um, okay, so this says here, a recent report with data from 17 states determined that each pregnancy-related death was associated with several contributing factors, including access to appropriate and high-quality care, missed or delayed diagnosis and lack of knowledge among patients and providers around warning signs. It says that the majority of deaths, 60% or more, could have been prevented by addressing these factors at multiple levels. So it just sounds like it's very involved and very complex, you know, why these outcomes occur. You know what it but doesn't sound like to me? It doesn't sound like racist nurses. Right. That's what it doesn't sound like. It doesn't sound like racist doctors. It doesn't sound like racist biologist it doesn't sound like racist anything it just sounds like there is a class of a group of people that are genetically predispositioned to something and they need special attention in certain areas and there needs to be more education for healthcare providers to understand that they need special attention in those areas they have more predisposition to heart disease so cardiomyopathies after pregnancies is going to be something that you need to be on the on the on the search for it has nothing to do with 
a nurse treating a patient any differently. That's what I really want to drive home here because the video that started this conversation was a woman that's blatantly accusing a hospital or a group of nurses of treating her differently because of her race and treating her son differently because of his race. And that is a gross mischaracterization of everything that you just read. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like, that's why I'm trying to make a point that it, so what they've been saying is, oh, it's how they're treated and they're not listened to. And that if we took them, their, them and their complaints or concerns more seriously, that maybe they'd have a different outcome. But some of the, I mean, you know, of course I've not done any extensive research. This is just, you know, reading like a couple of articles that I was able to pull up, you know, relatively right. quickly, one of which was a CDC, which is, I feel a good source, um, you know, no like real junk data or anything, but I mean, even I'm reading an article, another article that's just saying heart disease and strokes cause more than one third of pregnancy related deaths and that, you know, black women, it, it is disproportionately affecting black women. But these, but these, this could be due to underlying genetic predisposition. It's not necessarily that we're ignoring warning signs or ignoring their concerns or anything like that. I think, I think it's important to, to realize that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's something, all right, it's your responsibility as a nurse to educate yourself on your patient populations that you're dealing with. If you go to a new hospital in a new area and you're dealing with a new population, it's part of your job to familiarize yourself with that population. And if you're working in labor and delivery, it's your responsibility as a nurse to know that certain people are at higher risk for certain conditions, and you need to be on the lookout. If you have a DKA patient and their blood sugar is 799, you know, you need to understand that what's what that's going to do to their body chemistry. You know, and that's like your responsibility as a healthcare provider. But again, like doubling down, that does not fit this narrative. It sounds to me like this is kind of being fed like this disparity, quote unquote disparity in healthcare is being fed to the general public and without doing any like consistent research into what exactly is causing the disparity, like what we just did with a couple of quick Google searches, they're coming to the conclusion that people are being treated differently in healthcare based on the color of their skin. Right. And instead wow. of understanding and thinking through it logically, that maybe there are some other things that are contributing to this. Like even for example, I'm still reading and this says, you know, these, these statistics, when you look at the statistics, they're scary numbers and you're like, Oh my God, you know, this must be true. But then you look a little further. So like, for example, 13 white women die for every 100,000 live births. The figure for African-American women is 42.8 deaths for every 100,000 live births. That's a significant difference. Mm -hmm. But age also increases the risk. So mothers aged 40 and over have pregnancy-related death rate of 76.5 per 100,000 100, live births. So could there also be a factor that, that maybe more research needs to be done or maybe it's out there? Have you guys noticed? Have you guys noticed how polarized everyone's – even the most reasonable people – are becoming so radicalized, dude. Did you notice that? Everyone is getting so polarized these days. I wonder yeah. why that is. They well, but I had no idea even like had something to say about this, like whatsoever. Or like it's on their story every day. It's out there. It's I don't know if it's if it's like dare I say a trend. I was gonna say I totally agree. It's a trend. It, Cause like all these social problems have always been here. You've never seen all these young people you know, caring about them or getting out of their way. But now that all of a sudden there's a, there's a march. It's like, Oh, let's get involved. You know, I want to be trendy. Like, meanwhile, you do realize you could have been helping these causes all along before any of this happened. Yeah. Where was your activism before? Yeah. Hey, there's, there's starving kids in the U S and in other countries. Like you want to, you want to be this like really social helpful person. Like there's many places out there that you can go help out. But now, but they weren't doing that. You know what it's I mean? It's because there's no photo ops in that. Right, exactly. Do you, do you watch the, the Instagram, the follow Instagram. the page, Influencers in the Wild, dude? It's amazing. <laughs> yes. It's oh amazing. It's hilarious. They post photo every single day. At every protest, at every, there's, there's just the most ridiculous people taking photos, people painting themselves black with a fist up on front of the Black Lives Matter thing, and people just fucking going all out, bro, like getting 
putting on thong bikinis with her titties hanging out, fucking just posting, taking nice. pictures for the gram, dude. And it's just so ridiculous, man. It absolutely is trending. It is trending. And and that's why there's a, it's the fact that it's trending and it's the fact that everybody's been fucking cooped up inside for three months, dude. And now you have like this opportunity to get the fuck out of the house, you know, and, and then you're mad and stir up a little bit of shit and piss everybody off because I don't care what color your skin is. That shit was offensive watching that police officer fucking drain the life out of that dude's body. That shit was offensive, dude. So anybody would get fucking stirred up over that bullshit. And they're just fucking stirring it up, man, because they need you to vote. They need you to pick a side and they need you to fucking vote, dude. Vote. Because you don't, Which they don't obviously condone voting, but you can't be in the middle, just, dude. You don't, the people in the middle are no good. People in the middle stay home on voting day. People are fucking pissed off. People that pick the side, either I'm with these guys over here, I'm with those guys over there, dude. They're fucking picking a side. Those motherfuckers vote. You polarize people, you get them to fucking vote, dude. That's what's up. We should call this episode triggered. Triggered. Just triggered. Triggered. What's that? Triggered AF. Outraged. Yes. What about outrage culture, guys? What about that? What about this lady taking a fucking 30-second video and portraying it as if it were that that was a good representation of the whole of the events? It's clickbait, dude. That is like that is like a summary of life right now. Clickbait. It's all clickbait. It's clickbait. Like wh- you Joe, click, you fall for Joe it. Rogan, Joe Rogan talks about this. Uh, there was a he. He said this is a great example of like the how the fucking media works today. You know, he saw that he was scrolling through and he saw this article that said um, Hispanic man gunned down by the police in big black letters. That's what it said. Hispanic man gunned down by the police. And then he reads the article and he and he's like, uh, it's just like he was robbing a bank with like. AK-47s. It's describing the whole situation, right? People don't even read the article. They just read the freaking yeah. title and get upset. He says about the third or fourth paragraph down, you find out that the Hispanic man had a gun at a gas station and was in a gunfight <laughs> with the police officers in Los Angeles. He was fucking shooting guns at the cops in front of a gas station with innocent people at the gas station. And the officers shot him and killed him. After like thirty or forty rounds were, were exchanged between the both, hopefully, of them. hopefully they tried to tase the guy first and not go scream with uh, firing at him. The problem, the people, <laughs> everyone's attention span is so short these days that you you'll scroll through that and be like, "Well, there's another fucking racial killing, man." For the cause, seriously, mm. but you'll never. People will never read four fucking paragraphs deep into that article. To see that, and to me, that's just wildly irresponsible journalism. It's just clickbait. It's just dollar, dollar, dollar bills. Perpetuating bullshit. Yeah, man, but that's how people are so easy. Like, they're so easy. Like, just like that I was saying earlier with the article that I saw where it was like, another one for like protests are not contributing to COVID. It's like, are you, what planet do you live on? How can you say that? And people just, they're like, Oh, see, it fits the narrative that they believe, and so they share it. And then everyone else is like, oh, see, there it is, one for I the cause. This, this is nothing to do with COVID. I'm like, what? I can't believe that anyone actually thinks that. I can't believe that I, any I'm reasonable person. There's people out there, man. There's people out there that believe it. Trust me. I can't believe it. There's people under, out there that believe COVID is a real thing. I mean, come on. Yeah. People are crazy. I can't. I can't. I, I I refuse. You know, in the back of my mind, this is what's really happened. And they're like, you know what? Like, you know, like really want to protest and like really want to feel shitty about it. You don't want to the TikTok dancing nurses to tell in the tell us that we're killing our grandparents. You know. <laughs> so like, you know, let's just you know, let's just kind of you know, I have a little confirmation bias. And <laughs> seriously, I have to believe that man. I can't. I can't. I can't believe that reasonable people would think that. All right. So like. A, a week ago, you're not allowed to be at a restaurant within 10 feet of another person without a mask on. But like today, we can all run around sweating and shit, hugging each other and fucking singing songs together and buying things from each other and clapping hands and shaking hands and protesting and breaking fucking windows and damaging property and burning down Wendy's. Scott, and- what you need to understand and you need to come to terms with is that people out there are a lot more stupid than you think. They, I'm telling you, it's very sad because you would think Americans, I mean, educated people that I know, like educated people, like with master's degrees, 
some of the shit they say, I'm like, what are you saying? Think about what you're saying. Like, for example, let's just think this through for one minute. You go into a Dunkin' Donuts, let's say. Okay, we've loosened the guidelines. Can it be now, Starbucks, please? It can be Starbucks. We can, it can oh, be whatever you want it to be. I don't want you to get triggered. Starbucks <laughs> in the mountains. You know, all the tables are spread out, right? Like no one can be sitting, no table can be within a certain distance of another table. Okay, cool. So now let's think about who's at that table. Okay, there's five seats. We're all sitting at the same table. We're all from different neighborhoods, different communities. You're a nurse. She's a banker. You're whoever. Okay, I work at Publix. We all have exposure. And now we're all coming together at Starbucks for a lunch date or a coffee date. And we're all sitting within one foot of each other at the same table. But as long as we're six feet from that group over there, we're good. I'm like, what? That's like fucking makes sense like we are not thinking like this doesn't make sense like people just they just do it because they're like oh this is social distancing this is what we do now this is fine i'm like you're not social distancing this has changed nothing like you feel better about it because there's blue tape on the floor that separates you from everybody else i'm like what what's the point anyways Dude, the CDC came out and said the asymptomatic spread is like highly unlikely anyways. So the whole fucking social distancing healthy people doesn't make any goddamn sense in the first place. It makes me so fucking mad. <laughs> Fuck you, Freddie. The whole thing pisses me off, dude. It's fucking like, stupid. There's no logic. We just do whatever because that's what's what we're doing this week. This podcast is brought to you today by Dr. Squatch Soaps. I love Dr. Squatch Soaps. I use them all the time. Mm. I clean my body with them. I clean Franny's body with them. <laughs> no, in Only real, other week. real talk though, my favorite soap flavor is the basil mint. That shit. When are you going to send me some? All right. Thanks guys for joining us today. Uh, I just wanted to say thanks. You thank. I just wanted to say thank you to Ashley and Francisco. <laughs> you guys are awesome. I'm really happy we could talk about all the shit that we talked about today, guys. What do you think? Yep. It's good times, right? It's been great. Fast it's been times, crispy. fast times at Ridgemont High, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Right. It's a mm-hmm. I just like to say good day. <laughs> good night, sir. Drink. Good day. Guys, the world is upside down right now. Let's keep it together, guys. Crank that soldier boy. Crank that soldier boy.